Welcome to the Dale Sabor A Tu Salute podcast by Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. Join me as we steep in the world of Tadine with tea-inspired recipes, steeping tips, and interviews with fellow creatives, foodies, and entrepreneurs from our community. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in today's show notes. Hi, Sarah. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about your winter holiday traditions. If people haven't listened to the previous podcast that you were on, can you introduce yourself and how you serve your community? Sure. Hi, Carla. It's a pleasure to be here. I love Tadine, and I appreciate any time I get to catch up with you. So I'm happy to be a guest. Oh, I love it. I love it. And your blog is Growing Up Sarita. Yep. Can you tell us just a little bit about your blog and the recipes that you create? Sure. Sarita is diminutive. It means little Sarah in Spanish. And that's just what my family calls me in Mexico. And when I was trying to think of like a name for what I wanted to do, which was include food, but like a lot more of the culture too, I wanted to encompass like a whole realm of what it means to grow up Mexican-American. And I was like, you know what? I bet other people get called like, you know, even my husband gets called like little chatty or, you know, so growing up Sarita, I was like, okay, that kind of explains it, right? It's a name in Spanish and it's how I grew up and it just kind of meshed the Mexican-American vibes that I was trying to go for. Thank you for sharing, Sarah. Let's talk about Tadine. What was your last Tadine tea? What's in your tasa right now? Because I know that Tadine has some new flavors and I can't wait to hear what you think of them. Oh, I love them. Right now, I am obsessed with pumpkin spice and canelita, the cinnamon one. I love mixing the two and I put a little splash of milk in it and it's like the perfect cinnamon pumpkin spice latte treat instead of like more and more coffee in the afternoon. I'll do that. And it's, it's so good. I love it. That is one of my favorite things to do is to mix the canelita with the pumpkin same. Mm -hmm. And I put a splash of nut milk, almond milk, oat milk, Mm -hmm. whatever. And you're right. It just takes me through the afternoon. I also feel like it has like these like beautiful fall and winter vibes, don't you? Oh, yes. The pumpkin spice, as soon as I open the box, I'm like, oh, this is a treat just to smell. I think maybe it has anise, but I don't know. I smell like all of the aromas come together and it's just like aromatherapy on top of having a little treat. Right? I think that there it's cinnamon forward. I know that. It's cinnamon forward because I talked to Maria Lara of Darin who actually made this tea. Like she was part of the development of the tea. And she said that it's based on a chai formula. So you're right. Like there's different spice notes that are in there. And when you open it, like that whole box, just, it's incredible. So yes, it is. We're going to talk about your winter holiday traditions. And I would love to know about them while you were growing up. What traditions did you have? Maybe it's probably food forward because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear all about it. Sure. Well, Christmas was kind of like a multiple day event. Uh, Both my parents had family in town. I grew up in Monterrey, Nuevo Leon. So like the 24th was for my mom's side. And 
it would be like a huge, huge ordeal. Like we'd get there early and stay past midnight. You know, at midnight we'd open gifts from like grandparents and just whatever, like the exchange between the primos. And it would just be like a big party with my abuelita Maria, my grandma's house would just be like full of people, like people I didn't even know, people that weren't even family. (laughs) But I remember my tias just bringing in like, huge pots, like vats of pozole rojo, pozole verde, ponche, like could never have Christmas without ponche, right? The Christmas Mexican punch. Yeah. And it would always be spiked. So I remember always like not being allowed to drink it. But like later in the season, my mom would make a separate batch for us to enjoy too. But I just remember that being like all of those smells coming from the kitchen and just like cousins running around just mayhem, right? But like the really just fun, cheerful kind of like holiday crazy, you know, sometimes it's a lot, but sometimes you kind of crave that crazy. (laughs) It all comes in a bundle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for New Year's, did you have anything traditional for New Year's? For New Year's? Oh yeah. So that would be Christmas on the 24th. Yeah. And then Christmas on the 25th would be at my dad's side and we would like have to head over there early for a tamales breakfast. Ooh. Yeah. And what was in the tamales? Oh, tamales de puerco, like pork tamales. There would always be like several kinds. Green pork, red pork, bean tamales. When my grandma was younger, my tias and my grandma would make them. And then later on, as they got older or just had like way too many kids to be making them all themselves, they would cater it in. And then they'd cater other entrees too, because we would stay there through lunch and through the afternoon, you know, until you got to La Merienda and had tea and coffee and pan dulce. And my aunts are like artists and bakers. So they would make like all of these breads, which come to think about it, they are like European style breads, not really Mexican breads, but the Mexican bread would be there too. It would just be literally all about the food. Like you just start eating and end the day eating like the best of Mexican food. Delicious. So that would be the 25th. And then the 26th would be at my great grandma's house, which same, like catered food, like food that my aunts and like great aunts would make and just like more extended family. Like that would even be like a bigger party at my great grandma's just because there's so many aunts and uncles in our family that it was, it, that part I think was overwhelming. And by then I think we were like exhausted. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it would be like this multiple day event, right? Which for the kids, it's awesome. But same thing, like the 26th was an all day event into the night. And then for New Year's, we would go to my dad's side. And sometimes we would just stay home. So it just depended on what, you know, our family was feeling. But the grapes were always there. My mom always got grapes. And, you know, you take the you take the grapes with each chime of the bell until midnight and do the whole, like, supposedly it's for good luck. But, I mean, I don't know that I believe that. But we still get, we still get grapes here, like, now that I live in Michigan. I get grapes for my kids and the kids now expect the grapes, you know, and we do the, you know, the apple cider instead of champagne and the kids just think it's a fun thing. So that's kind of like a tradition that I've kind of brought over to. So what do the holiday traditions look like now for your family? Because you have your husband and your two young kids. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So my husband is from Michigan, native to Michigan. And growing up a little bit in Mexico, I grew up in Colorado. So 
from the time that we got married, we'd always be in Colorado for Christmas. And it never even phased me until he joined the family that we eat a lot of tamales. <laughs> so once we moved to Colorado, my mom and my dad and us too, like we would make hundreds of tamales the weeks leading up to Christmas. Wow. So that when Christmas came, like that's all we would eat is like they would be dozen tamales in like plastic bags in the freezer. Yeah. So my parents could give them away to neighbors, give them away to like any, like their boss at work. And then that's all we would eat. Like my mom wouldn't cook for the last two weeks of the year other than just like a pozole to go on the side or like frijoles a la charra to go on the side of the tamales. But it's always around the tamales. And so when my husband joined the family, he would be like, okay, Christmas Eve, tamales. I'm so excited. He eats 12 tamales, right? Because they're just, you can't just eat a couple, right? And then he'd be like, okay, Christmas morning, what are we having? And I'm like, uh, we're having tamales with coffee. They're so good. You know, and I'd be so excited. Everyone's excited. No one ever like complained. And he wouldn't either, of course, but it took like a few years for him to be like, oh my goodness, Christmas morning tamales. And then Christmas night tamales again. And we have like hundreds, right? So like, that's all we're eating. And he's like, could we maybe like interject some American food. Like, we don't even have to cook it, but, like, can we do carrier? I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, if you didn't grow up like this, <laughs> it just never was a problem. You know, like, not that it's a problem now, but anyway. So once I was there, he was like, why don't you make biscuits and gravy? So I'm like, oh, I can whip up some biscuits and gravy. And then, like, my whole family had them. They're like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Why haven't we done this before? And then ever since then, and that was, like, before we had kids. So Ever since then, I'll make biscuits and gravy like while we're in Colorado for, yeah. you know, one of the breakfasts instead of having tamales for the umpteenth time. <laughs> it sounds delicious, though, both of them. It sounds absolutely delicious. Yeah, the American part to the all the Mexican food. So, you know, we got to mix it in somehow. Yeah. Is there any other drinks that you make for your kids? Do you make a non-alcoholic ponche? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I make a huge pot of it. And then everyone has it on uh, Christmas Eve. Once the kids got older, it got a little bit harder to get to Colorado every single year. So we do every other year. And every other year we're not in Colorado. I host because everyone wants tamales, right? And so then Chad and I and the kids will make a couple hundred tamales. My family did like 500, 600 tamales. Like we're, we maxed out like one time at 200 tamales. And that was a lot. <laughs> Wow. So um, we don't make like that many, but we we do still make them. The kids love, you know, playing with the masa and it's kind of our tradition. I would never let that tradition like dissipate. Like I, we're making tamales if I'm in a wheelchair, <laughs> but the kids love doing that. And then the ponche between the tamales and the ponche. And then, you know, like leading up into New Year's, I'll make a big pot of pozole. And even though it's a lot of work, it's like, it doesn't feel like Christmas to me if I don't get to enjoy those dishes just because that's how I grew up. And now that I've shared them with family here where we live now in Michigan, they're like, oh, my goodness, when are the tamales ready? You know, like they they can't wait to have the tamales. So I it's just it's just the exciting part of sharing your culture with people who may not have tried tamales otherwise, you know, so. Anyway, the kids love those traditions and eating tamales and making the beans on the side. And that's what we do when 
we host on Nochebuena, the 24th. And this is a big thing about what you share on your blog and share on Instagram as well as sharing your culture. Yes. Amazing. Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to share with us about holidays and winter holiday traditions? Well, a lot of what I do is just to encourage anyone who wants to learn or who wants to remember what it felt like eating pozole in the winter or having a fresh tamal come out of the steamer. It can be really intimidating to start out for the first time. So I guess my message is that you just have to try it once. And once you try it once, it's really not that hard. It might be a few steps, but if you're willing to go through a few steps to be able to enjoy and remember those memories of when you were growing up or, you know, that one time that you had pozole or you had the most amazing tamales, it's so worth it. And it's so important to keep the tradition alive. I know even my sister uh, will have questions sometimes like, hey, how did you make that ponche? Or how did I'm trying to do this and it's not coming out right. And you know what? By the second time she gets it and then she's so glad she did it. And I get messages like that just from others through like connecting through Instagram. Like I tried this thing and I can't believe I waited so many years to try it because it wasn't that hard. It was just a few steps. And they just say like, I'm so glad I ran into your page. So it really is just taking the intimidation out of it and just giving it a try. I love the encouragement that it might be intimidating the first time, but once you do it and also reaching out for support, because it sounds like you have a community that you chat with. Yes. So you have these recipes on your blog, because I'd love to put them in the show notes, any recipes that people could, you know, use for the holidays, the winter holidays or the winter season. We'll put them in the show notes and encourage people to try them out. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. How can we find you? How can we support your work? Oh, thank you, Carla. You can find me at growingupsarita.com. And on Instagram is where I am most active. Any given day, I am just sharing what I'm doing because let's face it, we eat every day and every day I have a new craving. So (laughs) I just like to share what I'm doing, give tips and stories and so on and so forth. Anything to do with Mexican food, you can you can find me and just slide into my DMs. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Happy holidays. Thanks to you, Carla. Happy holidays to you. Gracias. Thank you so much for steeping in the world of Tadine. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find Tadine at Tadine Teas on Instagram and more information in the show notes. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please leave us a review. Adios. 